Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I'm the Recovery Guy. It is so good to be back in studio with you today. I hope your week is starting out the way you'd like it to in a, in a positive, productive manner that produces uh, a side of living that uh, you enjoy. And if it's anything short of that, uh, I hope you work through it as efficiently uh, and effectively as possible. If there's anything that I can do along the way, please let me know what that looks like. You know, whether you're coming to us directly from your favorite podcast channel, uh, maybe you've gone to us through uh, recoveryguy.org uh, uh, and just clicked on the podcast because you can play it from the website or you can just go from your favorite podcast channel that uh, Jonathan has got available on the website. And while you're there, check out one of the blogs. Always interested to seeing what your take is on uh, what we're trying to put forth here uh, with the Recovery Guy movement. So uh, hopefully you found me on Instagram, recovery underscore guy. Um, you get to see a little side of my personal life uh, as well uh, and, and hope you enjoy that. Uh, you know, my personal life is amazing. Um, in my 34 plus years of recovery, I have been gifted so much that uh, I can't even begin to uh, describe uh, uh, how full and complete my life is. Suffice it to say that every expectation I had about recovery has been blown out of the water. Um, I, I, I could not have asked for more. Um, even though, uh, as many of you know, my middle name is, my adopted middle name is Moore. I'll let you figure that one out. Uh, so I, I have this life that is, uh, uh, as it would say in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, indescribably wonderful. And, and I hope you are finding that yourself. I, I hope if you haven't found it, you're getting glimpses of the possibility. I, I hope you're seeing the incremental growth and improvement and changes in your life that would lend you to know that this can be true for you as well. You know, when, when we look at today's podcast, um, you know, those of us in recovery understand that prior to our newfound self-awareness, um, there were really three people we were primarily concerned with uh, taking care of. And uh, those three people were me, um, myself, and uh, not to forget I, right? Uh, me, myself, and I. And some of you um, may have a challenge with that. Um, it is my opinion that as long as you are challenged with that, it is going to uh, stunt or derail uh, your recovery, and they could be one and the same. Um, some of us are more deeply 
guilty of that than others, but I think it's basically true. It's one of the things that keeps us uh, in our condition, you know? Uh, have you ever heard the adage, uh, there, there are two people I trust, that's, that's you and me, and, and I'm not too sure about you? <laughs> uh, if you live long enough, you, you get to be a walking cliche like me. Uh, you know, the, the likelihood of us admitting prior to saying we need to change or reaching out for help um, is really pretty slim. Um, you know, we maybe it was because we hadn't hit that proverbial, proverbial bottom yet, right, where um, we just were in such a bad shape we needed to crowd for help. Maybe we were sort of limping along the way. You know, we didn't want to be found out. This is something I know is very true. I think it's universally true. Um, We didn't want to be found out as one with some or all of our life out of control. Yet there we were. Marginal relationships, because I've I've known people, you know, over the years in in recovery and in the public speaking and the instruction that I've done in various modalities of treatment, working with the addicted as well as family members, um, and and also in um, uh, my educational uh, work, um, my customer service training. I've, I've met so many people along the way on my journey, some addicted, not addicted, some addicted to substances, some addicted to alternative behaviors. Um, but there was a, a universal um, uh, underlying condition, um, and that was that we did not want to be found out, that we were you know, not in control. And, and it did affect um, uh, relationships, uh, interpersonal relationships, job relationships, because we were always holding back. We were always concerned to some degree or another, are we going to be found out? We knew we weren't living up to our full potential, uh, and some of us hide that more than others, but we all hide that. We, we knew that minimizing, rationalizing, uh, and or even denying our problem was only digging our hole deeper. Um, and so we had to move from that position of selfishness and self-centeredness. We had to go from broken to whole. Some of us were more broken, as I've said in previous podcasts. Uh, Some of us are more broken than others. Uh, But regardless of your condition of brokenness, um, doesn't our our common desire, um, isn't our common desire to become whole? Of course. Of course it is. If you're empty, your desire would be to be full. If you're cold, then, then your desire would be to be warm. Right. If you're if you're tired, your desire would be to have energy. Um, if you're if you're lonely, uh, your your desire would be to feel a part of, and and so on and so on. Regardless of the degree to it, I think sometimes that is a. I'm going to go off uh, script here for a moment. Sometimes I think that is a distraction, or certainly a detour, uh, or even a yield sign. However, you want to term it. We don't think we're that bad. So therefore, 
we're not willing to admit to the degree, but you know, why wait, right? Why why wait to get as bad off as the next person or certainly worse off than what you are before you say, you know what, maybe maybe I do need help. Maybe maybe I knew I do need to look at my life in terms of why am I protecting what I'm protecting? What is it about my selfishness and self-centeredness um, that, that is preventing me from saying, maybe I do need to change? Um, that's why pride uh, in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, when it talks about the seven deadly sins, pride heads the list. So once we realized that we needed to go from broken to whole, we needed to build relationships in our life that would be representative of the changes we needed to make. Doesn't that's that's called alignment. That's called being consistent, right? We needed relationships representative of the changes we needed to make. This is where the title of today's podcast comes in. It's called today's podcast is called Who's in Your Five? Now, some of you may remember the commercial with T-Mobile, right? As an NBA fan, of course, you know, who doesn't know D. Wade, right? Dwayne Wade, born in Chicago, badass baller, uh, you know, uh, Miami Heat, uh, LeBron James, uh, you know, the foundation of the big three, you know, won, a, won, won some rings there. He won a ring with Shaq. Uh, Dwayne Wade was a all-out baller. And so one of his commercials for T-Mobile was, I remember one with him and uh, 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 Barkley. And it was about who's in your five. And and basically it was, who was the top five in your phone? And, and, and I don't remember, I wasn't a T-Mobile guy back then, but um, I'm still not, um, was not. Uh, and so it... Um, I think it was about who you could call them unlimited. I think that's what that was. I think your your five, you could call them and talk as long as you could. I think back in those days we were still concerned with buckets of minutes or something like that. There wasn't this unlimited uh, bandwidth or 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 calls or texts, what have you. So I think that's what that was about. But who in your five? So you had this list, right? Um and so you would have these five, and these are people you had unlimited access to without any extra charge. So, so who's in your five is really a way for, for you and me to understand the value that people, uh, places, and things um, can, can really bring to us. Um, now, having said that, the question then becomes, who's in your five? right? Who's in your five? Do you have an ordered list? And I said an ordered list, and I'll let you determine why you think that's important or why would I think that that's important. Do you have an ordered list that you regularly rely on to give you the support the encouragement and direction you need to be, ready, the best possible version of yourself. Now, why, because I use that phrase a lot, if you listen to me very much, 
That's my goal. That's my desire. Every day, I want to be the best possible version of me because growing is so important. Growing means I'm not going backwards. I'm not even standing still. Growing means I've discovered something new or deeper about me. And it is also equipping me to become a better person for you and those I may come in contact with. So I'm going to share my list with you uh, along with what they do for me and I do for them. I am convinced that every healthy relationship, every, this is an absolute here, every healthy relationship requires a give and take for it to function effectively and efficiently. Did you catch that? Every healthy relationship requires a give and take for it to function effectively and efficiently. Now, you notice I even said every healthy relationship because just a relationship is not enough because not every relationship is healthy. Some relationships are based on a one-way street. It's a selfish and self-centered where someone is taking, taking, taking. You're not giving, 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 or you're giving, giving, giving. They're not receiving and reciprocating. So every healthy relationship, you know, and, and, and I like healthy is, is kind of like a qualifier for a relationship. It's, it would be the adjective. The relationship is the noun, a little grammar 101. Um, and these are very important. Uh, I've learned some things along the way. You know, have you ever heard the adage? Again, here's a little rabbit trail. I'll come back in a second. Have you ever heard the adage that uh, misery loves company? I mean, most, most of us have, right? Misery loves company. Well, that's not exactly true. That would be like saying every relationship requires a give and take. Some just aren't built on that. Some are very one-sided relationships. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad, right? I, I have a one-sided relationship with, with my doctor for the most part. They're doing most of the, the giving. Um, but misery loves company the actual truth is misery loves miserable company. Because, right, how long do you think misery would hang out with people like you and me, right? Because I'm, I'm trusting you're positive. That's why you're listening to Recovery Guy podcast. You've made a decision to, to flip the coin and be on that positive side uh, of opportunity and of living. That's why you're here. That's why you stay. That's why you come back. That's why you tell friends. So how long do you think misery, a real miserable person, is going to want to hang with you? Not very long, right? Because scientifically, water always seeks its own level. 
And really all that miserable person is trying to do is to is to degrade you, downgrade you to where they are at so they can justify their reason to stay there. And if they find out you're not going to co-sign their BS in a relatively short period of time, they're gone, right? So misery loves miserable company. And another one that you may have heard is practice makes perfect. Have you ever heard that? Practice makes perfect. Well, that's not an inaccurate statement. However, a more true statement would be perfect practice makes perfect. Perfect practice. So not just any old type of practice, because if you're practicing wrong, right, how, how perfect is your result going to be? And so the same thing here, a healthy, every healthy relationship requires a give and take for it to function effectively and efficiently. So here is my five. Let me know what you think. Maybe it's similar to yours. But here's my five in this order. Number one is God as I understand God. So important. The spiritual foundation of who I am is the bedrock on the rest of my life. There's a biblical passage in the Old Testament that says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And so foundationally, as we come into the program of Alcoholics Anonymous or whatever other 12-step program you're involved with, every secular program you'll be involved with, every religious program you are involved with, guaranteed, even, even the Buddhist network, they will tell you your belief in whatever power that is greater than you is going to be the foundation, is going to be the bedrock, it's going to be what you rest everything else on, period. If you think you can do this by God being the co-pilot or in the back seat and we continue to do the driving, you know, let me know, let me know how that works out for you, you know? And when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know, maybe you'll get back on the path or on the path for the first time, or, or maybe you'll let me or someone like me help you along the way. But God, as you, as I understand God now, as a born-again Christian, I have a very defined understanding of God. Um, my friend Alex, she is a practicing Jew, very godly, um, wonderful friend, very foundationally understanding the power of God in her life. Um, one, of my, one of my granddaughters, well, two of my granddaughters, they are Somali refugees, and they're Muslim. They have a wonderful foundation in their understanding of, of God. And across the way, going through Alcoholics Anonymous and understanding that it's God of my own understanding. But it has to be foundational to everything else I will build on. 
I love in the big book where it says, there is one who has all power. That one is God, may you find him now. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the protection with complete abandon. Every monotheistic religion of the world, you know, even when Jesus was confronted, right? A little biblical uh, understanding here if you don't already have it. And this is going to be very true of your walk in faith. They asked Christ, they said, who or what are the, what's the greatest commandment? And Christ says, the first one was to love the Lord God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. He said, if you do these two commandments, you've essentially done them all right? So, but foundationally, it's God. And then my number two is the path of recovery. We all have to have a path because we were so off base. We were so lost. We had given up of ever finding our way. We were worse than a horse with blinders on. We couldn't even see only what's in front of us. You know, blinders are set up on the side of a horse's eyes, so their gait is very limited in terms of what they can see, so they're not distracted, right? They can only see what's in front of them because a distracted horse going 35 miles an hour is not very safe. So they, they'll, they'll, they'll just put those blinders on, but you and me, we were blind completely. Now we're on this path, this path that's lit by the relationship we have with our power greater than ourselves. It says that 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 relationship is a is is a a light, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So the lamp is the light, the power of God as we understood God. And it's, a, and it's a light on the path. We have to be on a path. Find out what that path is. Maybe it's A-A-N-A-O-A-G-A-S-A-E-A, whatever it is. Maybe it's your local church. Maybe, maybe it's just a group of people that you're around with. Whatever it is, find out that path because that path is going to have a very specific way for you to follow, to become well, to never go back to where we came from again. So we have God as we understood God. We have the path of recovery. The next one, if you are as fortunate as I am, you will have a significant other. Laura and I have been together going on 32 years of sharing our life together. I cannot tell you the value that she brings to me in my life. We are inseparable on so many levels, and I'm so grateful for that. Laura is the most important person in my life. She's more than my wife. She's even saying significant other really doesn't doesn't value her and what she brings and what we have together to even you know those of us who those of you who know us either you know through phone conversations I mean like you know Susie and Wendy and Angie and 
Chaz and Tess and and uh, some others in recovery, they know Laura and they know our relationship. If you follow me on Instagram uh, or on Facebook, you know uh, the kind of relationship that we have, and it's unbelievable. She's obviously in my five. She's the first person, the first tangible being that that I have in my life, and I hope you have someone like that as well. And if you don't, you'll find them along the way. Trust me, you will find them. And I'll tell you that story some other day. The next one is family. Family that I've gathered along the way and family that has been restored is unbelievable. I mean, just family is so important to me. You know, my daughters, Kathleen and Carol, that I, that I walked out on, they have forgiven me, and, and they surround me with love and care and grandchildren and friendship and everything that I would ever want. Matter of fact, they'll be in town this weekend for my daughter-in-law's baby shower, and I'm so excited to be with them. Family is so important. Then there's you know Frankie, one of my daughters, and uh, don't get to see her nearly as much. She's in Oregon, but man, I just love that girl and 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 the grandbabies that she's uh, given to us. And then there's Sarah Jane and Rob, and and my sister Mary, and just a family. My mother-in-law Pat, just a family that surrounds me. I better stop naming people because I'll forget. But just family, my nieces and nephews, Kayla and Peter will be in town. I'm so excited this week to see them. We just saw Drew and Carrie over the weekend and uh, cousins from Australia. And, and it just goes on and on and on. Laura and I were chatting just the other day because we were, we were at the park on Sunday. So when I record this, it, it's Monday today. So it was just yesterday. And we were sitting down at the end of our day and just recounting how blessed we were with family. Our daughter was there. Our daughter-in-law was there. Our son's in, in Dallas right now. Um, but our daughter and, and three of our grandsons and my, my granddaughter, Abrar, and uh, our cousins, Drew, and, and Mercy, and Dan, and, and, and her children, and their grand I mean, just family, 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 family. It's so enriching. They're in my five. And I hope they're in yours as well. And then finally, others. Others, you are so important to me. I'm so glad that others were there for me. When I first showed up, I was so afraid. I had, I had nowhere else to go. I didn't even know if it was going to work, but I just knew something had to or I was going to die. And others are so important to me. I get to be the person to you that others were to me. And to this day, I still communicate with Steve and, of course, Will, my sponsor, and Eddie and Buddy and Scott and, 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 and Richard, Richard H. My sponsor, Jack, has passed away, as so many of you know. But others are now, you know, Chaz and, and Tess, they're getting married. I'm so excited for them. And, and I get to officiate their wedding next April. The value that others bring to me is indescribable 
Remember how lonely we were in our isolation that was brought on by our addiction or, and or our behavior? We, we stayed away from others. We stayed away from family. The significance of another person had no value. We had no path whatsoever. And a relationship with God as we understood God didn't even exist. But today, we have these things. Never underestimate the value of another person. Because in God's economy, we will be used to help save their life or they will be used to save or, or elevate our life. Others are irreplaceable. I want to add others in my life. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, uh, remove them. I just want to add. I don't want to replace. I want, I want to add. You know, and again, the value of family is so important. My mom, as many of you know, just passed away uh, over the summer. And and uh, my brother George and I communicate. My brother George and I aren't very close, but we're, we're close enough. You know, he knows how much I love him, and, and I know how much he loves me. And the value of family and memories. Um, apparently, um, when George was going through some things, and th- this will help underscore others and family and how they're interconnected uh, because family can be others as well, although not every other person is your family. Um, but Laura and and uh, Sarah Jane, Rob and I had given uh, my mom a Bible 10 years ago and George messaged me the other day. And now, mind you, this was a gift that was given to my mom 10 years ago. Quite honestly, I forgot we gave it to her. And so my my brother George messaged me and said, "Hey Bob, I uh, was going through some of Mom's things, and uh, and and uh, in her home, uh, he mentioned a couple other things. And he said the one thing she had on her nightstand uh, was the Bible that you guys had given her ten years ago. And he he had opened it up and he'd take it, taken a picture of the inscription of the gift, you know, the gift, you know, to my mom and and so on and so forth. And it just warmed my heart and." And and just the family, you know. My mom's passed away. She's in a she's in heaven, so obviously that's a better place. And she was ninety three years old. She didn't suffer, and for all those reasons, I'm super grateful. But that's what my family brought to me—the remembrance, the joy of that. You know, thank God my mom didn't pass away when I was out there ripping and running. I would have had no closure. But today, I have all those things, and and. A memory of my family was brought by my family, and and my brother George is is not only family; he's an he's one of the others. He just happens to be so much more significant because he is uh, my older brother and uh, and family. But you you see where I'm going, you know. I believe that living, interacting, and being accountable to these five relationships every day helps. Give me the direction I need and I want. They also serve to give me the personal fulfillment of things I want done for me. But more importantly, they give me what I can do for others. I want to thank you so much for joining me today on who's in your five. That's the challenge. Who's in your five? Write them down. Put them in order. 
understand their significance and make them a part, bake them into the cake of your own personal recovery. Don't forget to go to recoveryguy.org, sign up for the newsletter, follow me on recovery underscore guy on Instagram, go to the recovery guy on Facebook, download the blogs, listen to the podcast, share with a friend, help us grow this recovery movement. Because there are so many people like you and me who need this, not because it's me, but because we, you and I, Recovery Guy, we speak healing truths that can transcend the darkness and introduce light to individuals who are starving for light. I want to thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful day. And as always, my name is Robert, and I am the Recovery Guy.